Hello, hello, hello. Leeds, can you hear us knocking? Happy Monday to you all. And the reason you're listening to my devilishly handsome middle-class voice is that you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Three points, three massive, massive points against a Blackburn side that were 10 undefeated at home. And look at the table now. Join me, Baldo, and Dom on the other side of this as we discuss more Ewood on the Metroleum fire. Off we go. This is Neil Smith, and you are listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, guys. An amazing, amazing three points away from home at Ewood Park. That has made the table now after West Brom's victory over Millwall. West Brom, 59 points. Leeds United, 55 points. Joint with us, the Fulham, with 55 points at third. Nottingham Forest and 54 and Brentford and 53 and Preston North Venom 50. All right, let's talk about this match and let's start with the opening lineup. Matt Dom, the lineup, pretty pretty unchanged, but there was a turn of Mr. Tim Ream and uh, some other things to mention. What were your thoughts when you saw the lineup, mate? Oh, I, I couldn't believe he was there, you know, given that uh, he'd played his last game against Man City, as uh, everyone seemed to think. But um, yeah. yeah, good to see Ream back. I think he, I think alongside a kind of better in the air centre back, he's he's really useful to have. Um, Dennis Adoy at right back again, which I think is easily his best position. Um, and you know, I've 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 shared my thoughts on Adoy in the past at centre back. I don't think he's very good there, but at right back, I'm, I'm more than happy with him there. Um, kind of the rest of it sort of um you know the team kind of picked itself didn't it really i think um kevin mcdonald will, will come on into later but he's he's kind of an ever-present really now um shielding the defense and um yeah the same kind of attacking front four as you'd expect with uh with mitre there leading the line so um yeah happy with it i think um it's as good as it could have been Nice one. And, you know, you say the team picks itself there. Mr. Reese, hello, mate. Would you say that Christie had been a tiny bit unfairly treated for this game being dropped? Leeds. Leeds are falling. Sorry, I've had that song stuck in my head all weekend. It's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, bollocks, I was making a joke. I forgot what your original point was. Sorry, what was no, it was it's just Christie, about... Wasn't it? Don't worry, it was really oh. funny. Um, so yeah. You can talk about Christie being dropped. <laughs> Christy. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird with it's a bit weird with Christy because if, if I I, th- I think I said this earlier on in the season that basically he for the first time he actually had some competition at right back, whereas and that sort of made him up his game somewhat. Whereas now it doesn't seem like he has any sort of competition at right back. And that, now Dennis Adore is not really making any major major threats to that position. So yeah, yeah, it's a slight slightly weird uh, uh, sorry, Christy, but he did a good job. No real, no real complaints there. Just want to touch on um, the set on the centre backs, though. I'm wondering when are we going to start seeing uh, Terence Congola? I know we're going to talk about him later on in the show, but I just want to know when do you guys think we're going to start trusting Congolo to start games for us? Do you, do we? Th- I personally, I have this sort of theory that maybe he's still having some bedding in time, as it were. So that's why Tim Ream went straight back into the starting lineup, despite his red card and. Let's face it, he hasn't exactly been the greatest so far. Do you think that maybe it's because, you know, Congolo's been gradually brought back into the team and maybe in a couple of weeks' time that he'll be a regular starter or is there something else behind it? I I just think there's no real reason to change it at the moment. I mean, I know we've we've said Tim Ream hasn't been having the best time of it lately, but the defence as a whole have been playing really well in the league. So 
it's that kind of Scott's kind of come across a formula that works. I think Hector's made a huge difference. McDonald shielding and Rodak can go, and I, I think that that as a unit are, are kind of the, the benchmarks that we can we can go from. Really, I, I think bringing in another new player is potentially unnecessary at the moment. And that's that's a shame for Congolo because we we don't know. He's a good player by all accounts, and we haven't seen much of him. We thought we were going to, but it, you know, the, the winning is is what matters, really. I agree, and I also think that. A, a whole new centre-back pairing uh, that only started in January, you know, with Hector coming in in January and then Congo, it just might be a little bit too soon. I think, as you said, it's definitely a bedding-in period. But Congolo did make his appearance, uh, you know, around the 80th minute or so for five at the back. We'll, we'll come on to that. Let's talk about, you know, the sort of rough outline of this game. It, it was a tough game. I mean, really well drilled. I mean, it almost looked to a point that we looked quite out of ideas, but I think do you think that's arguably down to just the tactics from Blackburn Rovers, Mr. Uh, no, let's go to Mr. Reese. Yeah, every single cliche that you want to say about the championship, you know, there are no easy games or the home side is very well organised. Basically, every single cliche um, that gets thrown around about championship teams, you can more or less uh, put on. You can more or less put on this game, and it was in- incredibly frustrating. And you know, they did have us. They did have us worried at times, and I think. Maybe there is a sense of, you know, we have one we have one style of play. And I think it's something that uh, Scott Park has been criticised for a bit in the past. We have one style, we have a plan A, but we don't have a plan B. And, you know, if it takes us so long to break these sort of teams down, then, you know, dare I say, you look at you look at Brentford, for instance, the fact that they've managed to get such a great goal difference up because they are they are tearing tearing teams apart, whereas we, for the most part, are scraping out 1-0, 2-1 wins, whereas we could really be using that goal difference. So maybe maybe it is time to start implementing a plan B to get more goals on the board, not just you know for the obvious to get to get wins, but obviously to help out our goal difference. Um yeah, I mean I mean for a while it looked like it was Charlton all over again. Um and over the years in the championship, we have struggled against teams who are well organised and hard to break down. And we didn't we didn't create a lot, but we were well worth worth a win, I thought. Um, and the difference that we didn't have against Charlton was was Mitro, and he was there, had a chance in the box, you know, turned and put it in the corner, and that that's sometimes what you need. Um, but generally, the fact that we're earlier in the season when we were conceding a lot of goals. When when our attack wasn't performing, it was much more of an issue because we were having having to score two or three goals to win every game, and it wasn't happening. But the fact now that even if our attack maybe not as good as we all think it should be, the fact that we we're now starting to keep, keep clean sheets is really important because at least we're not losing the games, and a lot of the time we only need one to win. Uh, one nil away from home is a really excellent result in this league, actually, considering. Blackburn have not lost, didn't hadn't lost in the league since I think it was September before that. Um, so yeah. it's, it's mm. a great result. Yeah, yeah, but one but one thing, and this is something I've been talking I've been talking about um, in, in my work as I cover I cover Nottingham Forest for a living, and they're in the same boat as us. They've been sort of grinding out uh, ones, uh, you know, one nil margins, one, one no one goal scorelines. That's why I mean. Um, can anyone? Can either of you remember the last time we won a game by more than one goal? Any could either of you remember it? It was uh, Dar- it was Derby back at the end of November, three 0 
Really? And my um, yeah, and my point about this is, if we're only winning games by one goal margins, that means we basically have to fight for ninety minutes because we, that means that the other team are going to start coming at us later on. We have to keep up for ninety minutes. Whereas, for instance, the Millwall game, uh, the reverse, the reverse fixture, which was four. 4-0, 4-1, I can't quite remember. It was a heavy victory, that's what I remember. But basically, for the last 15 minutes or so, we can sort of take our foot off the gas, as it were, and sort of, you know, rest, uh, rest for the last 15 minutes. And then, so we're not entirely tired when we go, when we go into the next game. And that's on, something I think we need to start doing more, back to my back to my earlier point about, uh, about you know, about, uh, beating beating teams uh, consistently and thoroughly and heavily. That's the word I want to have beat them heavily. Is that with now we're into now we're into the business stage of the season, business end of the season, we're going to need all you know, all the energy we can get. And if we're still having to grind out games, as it were, that means we're going to get tired towards the end of the season. And that's my main concern. No, I completely agree, and it's interesting because I feel like we were on the front foot for the first few moments of the game I think we had three corners in the first opening 12 minutes but going to your point about how defensively we have completely tied up and let's talk quickly about Michael Hector the great Michael Hector one last time I mean I noticed in this game he's not only you know very good at being our right-sided centre-back but he's not afraid to go forward either he made lots of runs into the box from open play and I just want to ask you Mr Matt Dom do you think it's too early to get ahead of ourselves and say he's our favourite centre-back we've had for at least two to three years? Slightly. Slightly too early, but okay. he's got he's got all the ingredients, I think. You, you look at... I think he's already had more good games than Richard Stearman has for us or Sean Hutchinson did for us or, mm. all you know, Ragnar Sigurdsson, all of these in the Championship. So he's already asserting himself on games much more than any of those did so it's a fair shout and the point about attacking as well I think is is one way when we're struggling to break teams down and they've got they're marking man for man they've got you know 10 11 behind the ball a good way of opening teams up is having that centre back who can drive forward and Callis was really good at that for us and it was actually a goal against Millwall uh, when we beat them away last time we went up the last goal where he sort of powered his way through and and passed it to Mitro, who scored. Um, see, seeing a centre back do that is it, it creates all sorts of panic, and the organisation sometimes goes to pot from from the team who's defending it. Um, so I'm all for that. I think yeah, I think he's been excellent, and if he keeps this up for the season, then he's easily our best centre back since since he w- went down. You know, if, if he carries on. Yeah, absolutely. And I've just seen a tweet actually from uh, Carl Passion at Carl Passion One Take About. But he says, Hector has been superb addition, but somehow a bit of credit needs to go to the wonderful K Mac, who has been so, so instrumental since his return to the team. In my honest opinion, our best player during the promotion season and someone who's had a raw deal since. Mr. Reese, let's talk about. I mean, he had quite a slow game in this one, but it's just unbelievable how better we are with K-Mac in the squad. I think since Villa, it's not just the Hector uh, aspect of things. It's also K-Mac who joined him at the same time, I think. Yeah, and I think I've been pretty um, staunch in my defence of Kevin McDonald, more or less since last season in the Premier League. I thought, uh, you know, he said he got a raw deal. I thought he got treated absolutely terribly in in the whole thing. I you know, I said that the team, the team that started the playoff final against Aston Villa would have had a much better shot at staying 
at staying in the division than the team we eventually ended up with, with like Ankisa and Seri and all that middle and crap. Um, so yeah, I think Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald, and again, it's something we've talked about a lot on this on this show. There's, it's not just his tactical, you know, what he does on the pitch. There's also that leadership to him, and I think that's something that we have we have missed we have missed all season. And the fact that he's started coming to the lineup, and you know, and, uh, uh, an old fat, an old calm, cool head. Again, again, go back to all the cliches. Um, you need a guy like that in the um, uh, in, def- in defensive midfield just to mark. Uh, just to marshal the troops around somewhat, and particularly given you know we've talked about our um, let's say not our poorest, not poorest, but let's say not exactly the greatest defense. I think having him in front of that back line as well, um, organizing things really, really does help help things a lot on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I I completely agree. He's um, just a calm head in defense, and technically knows he's not the best player on the ball. Technically, he only I mean, he knows he's not the fastest player, but he's aware of his limitations and he can read the game so well because of that. And he's he's absolutely important, so vital to the way we've been defending recently. And I I, I saw online that his um his stats this season or our stats this season with him starting games, uh, he's he started ten games for us and we've won eight of them, lost one, which is the opening game of the season uh, against Barnsley, and I think the draw was against Charlton. So. Um, you know, it just shows the results, how important he is to that team. Indeed. And he's also incredibly, you know, one of vocally our biggest player in the pitch, which takes a lot of heat off Kearney, who, you know, when he's playing as the team captain, you know, gets criticised a lot for not actually being vocal enough. So when when K-Max on there, it actually feels, you know, like, you know, a, a far more balanced setup. You know, another thing about K-Mac is it allows a certain player to be a lot freer and not worry too much about the things going on behind him. Now, look, we can mention more obvious things like Rodak being brilliant with a huge save near the end of the game or Bobby Reed going up and down the pitch like a Cocker Spaniel, uh, a fouling Cocker Spaniel at that, or, you know, Josh Onoma being great as our box-to-box man. But Joe Bryant has been able to bomb forward while Kevin McDonald has been protecting that, you know, back line. And Brian, we all know Brian defensively isn't perfect, but he's now becoming a huge threat on the wing. I think that's two assists in two games. I mean, how happy are we that the Watford rumours were a bunch of crap, Mr. Reese? And, you know, just give me the sort of the Brian, the winger versus Brian, the fullback argument, if you will. Um, I feel if I'm meant to be praising Joe Bryan, isn't that meant to be your role, seeing as you've been his biggest supporter since... More or less before we before we were even linked to him, I feel like I should um, yield the floor over to you, sir. I think this is this is very much your specialist subject. I just think he's great, to be honest. But no, no, no. On a on a, on a serious point, um, yeah, I, I think this is um, uh, he's arguably one of the best um, left backs in in the whole in the whole of the championship, and we're seeing. I don't think we've still quite worked out precisely. What his role could or should be, everyone's talked about. You know, should he be a winger? Whilst we bring in, you know, uh, any any other left back, uh, maybe shifting Tim Ream over there, whatever it is, or have him as a wing back or have him as a former. We still don't quite know what it is, but whilst he's still doing what he's doing, just keep doing what he's doing. I don't, you know, don't change anything that isn't broke um, to to that extent. Yeah, he's been absolutely superb. Maybe this is another case of with most of the team. Compared to the Premier League, maybe this is their level, as it were. But you know, I'm 
I, again, I feel I still feel like it should be you that should be that should be saying this. Maybe I'll, right. maybe uh, maybe you can have the closing argument after Mr. Dom says some more words. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've you've loaded a question there for us to say how good he is, haven't you? Let's let's face it. Um, well, I mean, you know, how good how good is Joe Bryan? Off you go. Right. No, like, look, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing is, like, like, now go on. You you say you're being. I, 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 I just wanted to add that I, I think he's definitely a left back. Uh, I don't. I don't want to see him as a winger because, in, in much the same way, kind of the opposite way as Sessegnon was, I could only see him as a winger, not a left back, because of the way he he drifted into space in the box. Uh, Joe Bryan, his strong point is his delivery, his delivery from deep, and his ability to get down the line and cross it from the byline. And he he playing from left back, he has that option to to go up and down the pitch and yeah, fine. He's not as good defensively as we, we might want him to be, but he's an attacking fullback uh, and he's playing to his strengths at the moment. And he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant. And it's funny you mentioned Cesc there, because even though Cesc was more of a winger than a left back, I find the Brian Mitro relationship quite similar in the sense of what the sort of uh, assisting that's been going on recently. But, you know, I find personally that, Joe Bryan has been really pivotal ever since that McDonald came in. And that's because he has that cover now. I don't think Joe Bryan is a perfect defender, but going forward, he offers us so much. Now, let's talk about the goal that he assisted in the 65th minute. Now, this is a huge goal. One goal that basically we needed a goal in this game that was going to either be very special or because it was just one of those games where we weren't sure how it was going to turn. And it was a classic example of, a you know, whatever goals whatever the first goal is, it wins the game. Now, there was a very funny celebration between Mitrovic and Joe Bryan as a, I think, a ventriloquist dummy sort of celebration. But in this game, I thought Mitrovic was looking a bit slow and a bit, you know, laboured up until the point in which he scored. And just basically, Dom, I know you love Mitrovic. Just send us some love this way for him. I think I think he he was the difference. Uh, as you say, he, when, when things get a bit crowded um, and he hasn't got, runners around him then he he doesn't he's not at his best and he's not the sort of player who can run in behind and and stretch the defense but getting the ball around the penalty spot you don't want anyone else in this league in that position than Mitro to finish it off um similar to the Charlton game I think we had a few chances like that and we couldn't put them away without him in the team um Mm. but he's huge he's he's there to to finish chances and that's what he did how many goals is he on now, Reese? Do you know? Um, I believe, uh, I I believe because I think the Fulham account tweeted after. I think that's him on twenty in the league. I mm. think. Yeah, that's it, right. It's, yeah. It, it, it's around. It's around. It's around that mark. That much. Same as Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. Oh yeah, that's right. That's it's so weird. Out, Where yeah. did that come from? I mean, they score five goals every week, don't they? So that's probably that's probably. Well, yeah, fair play, from. fair play. But you know what? I just you know that you see sort of. Uh, Paddy Power and all these sort of big sites now sort of tweeting about Mitrovic. You know, if we need to go up this season, lads, or we are going to lose him. But let's talk about the substitutions really quickly because they happened quite late for this one. Quite unusual for Scott Parker. I mean, it was around the 81st minute that Josh Onoma came off for Congolo where we finally saw him. And lo and behold, we go to a back five. Uh, Tom Kearney for Johansson in the 86th minute and Cavalera for Abubakar Kamara in the 90th. Um, before I ask if these were good subs or not, how do you think Tom Kenny played in this match, Mr. Baldo? Um, 
I'm hesitant to say anything about Tom Kelly based off what we've been saying about him in the group, and I don't want to go. I don't want to go down those lines. Um, he did okay. He did what he needed to do. He created some opportunities. He's still, for whatever for whatever reason, he's still not quite the Tom Kearney we saw in the in the promotion season, or even the. Um, even even the season before that, when we when we lost to Reading in the playoffs, I don't I don't know what it is, but there's still that little thing. We had we had him in brief spurts at the start of the season, but there's just there's just some there's just something missing about about him, and I can't and I can't quite put my finger. He's not quite as clinical in the final third as as he could and really should be. Yeah, I I think they I think they came too late. Um, I think I think it is. One of the, the substitutions, things, you mean? The substitutions, yeah. I think it's one of the things for me that I want to see Scott Parker improve on. If players that came on, I've I've got no problem with what he did. I just think it it should have been earlier, um, because we we'd got ahead. Um, he obviously wants. He's the sort of manager I think who wants to defend the lead rather than go for the second goal. I, I think we should be going for the second goal personally. And I don't, I don't really think we should be sitting back so much, but I can't argue that it, mm. it seems to work. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to see the changes happen a bit, a bit closer to the goal really, because the, the game had changed at that point. We knew they were going to come at us and I, I'd have brought on perhaps some pace up. I would have brought Kamara on at that point to maybe try and get a second goal on the break or something like that. But um, yeah, that that's, I mean, I, I can't complain too much really. No, I'm glad you brought this up, and I'm going to throw this straight back to you, Mr. Dom. I mean, how do you feel when we generally go five at the back? And I'll bring this to you in a minute, Reese, as well, because to be honest with me, and I don't know if it's just being a Fulham fan and always being quite paranoid, but it scares the shit out of me because, and you know, we're very astute at it now. We are. Uh, they brought on three strikers, uh, you know, in the end of it, and, and two of them at the same time. Parker is apparently wanting to change the club mentality of Fulham. Uh, you know, the, the, the law of sod feeling of Fulham, apparently, you know. And he's wanting us to make us grittier and turn on that Sam Allardyce tap when we can. But do you, do you honestly feel, Mr. Matt Dunn, when those gates are closed that nothing's going through? Because I do feel, like you said, we are really shooting ourselves in the foot. Because when we go forward with five at the back in the last 10 minutes of the game, there is just only one person going up there really it always feels like the final of Wembley again yeah uh, I mean it's at the point once you finally take the lead uh, Blackburn wanted a nil-nil out of that game once mm. they went behind they they then obviously need to to come forward otherwise they lose one nil um I, I don't really have a problem with five at the back I think it's it suited to our players it's just it's what it it's what it suggests that we're going to do is sit back and defend deep. And like I say, it has been working, but I I just don't think it's the right thing to do when you're winding up away from home because we want to go, we want to win that 2-0 on the break really because they throw everything at us. And I want to see us leave space up front and attack it. And they're, they're vulnerable. They're, they're suddenly not, we couldn't get through with 11 at the back when they were defending with everyone. And now we've got a chance to 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 kill the game off, and that's what I want to see us doing. But it, it's working, so I, I, you know, like I said, I can't complain too much about it. 
Yeah, it's working. I just constantly feel like we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot towards the latter stages of the season. I mean, if Johansson scored that opportunity that he missed towards the end, we'd be like, oh, brilliant. You know, that was a fantastic move by Parker. But it stayed 1-0 and it was still a good move. But I always felt like we were in danger of potentially conceding. And then we, you obviously... We still, need, we still needed Rodak, didn't we? Let's face Indeed. It. That's the yeah. point I'm trying to make. And it's yeah. just quite a scary scary uh, proposition every time we do it. Reese, what are your thoughts on this? Do you I mean do you feel completely comfortable when we go five at the back or shut up shop as it were or do you feel that actually we need to be just a little bit more careful and actually have a bit more impetus to go forward even when it's like the latter stages of a match? Um I personally I'm per- I'm personally I'm I'm okay with five at the back and I think there's going to come a time probably when Congolo is a bit more you know used to the situation I can honestly see us starting with five at the back going forward. You know, you've got uh, Brian starting. and Christie. Starting, I, I honestly can. Uh, Brian and Christie as the full-backs. Hector, um, Hector probably is the right centre-back. Probably Reem as the centre-back and then Congolo as the left centre-back. I can honestly see that being, that being the um, plan going forward. How you work out the rest of the team, I honestly don't know, but I think that is going to be, if that is eventually going to be the way we play. Um, do I feel confident about it? Yes, because I've, it's a very it's a very defensive-minded formation and we do it to shut up shop. So hopefully it will basically... It means we won't be conceding as many goals in the latter part of the season. But as you mentioned, when we go five at the back, that does mean we sort of lose an emphasis in attack. What's that going to do for the rest of the season? You know, we'll just have to wait and see. But certainly on it as a defensive aspect, I'm I have I have absolute faith in it. But what happens going forward, we'll just have to wait. And, we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe that's when we see the likes of Brian and uh, Christie or any others. Maybe, no, maybe uh, Stephen Stephen. I'll, I'll go to my grave not knowing how to pronounce his name. The other Sessignon as the other wing back, maybe he'll uh, uh, chip in as well as a wing back. I don't know uh, going forward. So yeah, I I can very much see that the thing being the thing going forward. Nice. Well, taking on what you just said, Dom, would you say that this team has its own sort of brand now? I mean, we used to call it Diet Slav and not a very good one at that. Uh, but it, it feels like you know. Personally, I feel like this is everything I wanted from Parker a bit now. I wanted sort of like a Lee Johnson mold type of manager who can adapt to each game, who can sort of turn on the attacking flair, but also turn on the Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis shut up shop sort of thing. Do you think now we're actually seeing Scott Parker in his sort of element? And is that to do, do you think, with players being fit or just a general gelling starting to occur? Yeah, I think naturally he's more of a defensive-minded manager. Um, I don't think I think he tried earlier in the season to to get us to play like Slav, really, um, but we didn't have quite have the same players. We didn't have the same attacking fullbacks. But he's realised, and he's realised he's 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 found a formation and a solution that sort of that that kind of works defensively. And I, I'm okay with that. Um, I would like to see more goals i'd like to see more from our attacking players because i still think we have the strongest front four in the league Mm. um so i'd like to see more from that Uh, it it is tricky isn't it sorry so i'm fine with grinding out wins when yeah when it's when it's appropriate which is you know a a trickier way a a trickier way one nil win is is great but i want to see us open teams up more when we're far superior to them yeah, and I'm not trying to sound spoiled on the whole subject because, I mean, you know, we're very lucky. You know, we, we're 
were third for fuck's sake. But what I mean is, is that you see teams like Brentford absolutely scoring for fun at the moment. I mean, their goal difference is ridiculous, as Baldwin said. And yet our front three should be, you know, should be capable of doing the same thing. So there's a lot more, you know, we're very, very conservative about how we go about things at the moment, which is good. You know, it's it's grinding out results. It's a hard ground. I get it. But I agree. I would like to see us be a bit more bold. And who knows, maybe it'll happen at Millwall. Maybe it won't. Last maybe, question maybe to you. Sorry, sorry. Maybe it starts with, you know, stopping the goals going in. And maybe then he, he builds the platform maybe. To, to be more attacking. But yeah, it's, we'll see. We, we, we're going up the league. We're in with a shout of automatic promotion. So it, whatever he's doing is, is, is working. Lovely. Yeah. And last question before the Parker rating to you, Mr. Rees. You know, everyone is still saying, Frenchie's saying it, for instance, that we still haven't click, clicked yet and we're third. You know, even when we're winning, people are saying we still haven't clicked yet. Are you expecting us to suddenly demolish teams a lot better than we have in, you know, the last 15 games that we have left? And why do you think that potentially? Um, no, I think that this Fulham team that you're seeing is is going to be the Fulham team. I mean, minor, I mean, changing Congola winning eventually does not happen. Um, no, I can't see there being this sudden switch that all of a sudden we do start banging goals in left, right and centre. I think yeah. you know, this grinding out results, I, I, I can see that being the method go the method and the uh, uh, style of play going forward. And quite frankly, am I, am I worried? Yes, because I still, still think there's a lot of you know, inconsistency in this squad. And the, given the fact that we're so close to the, uh, to the top part of the, uh, the top two in the league, you know, as we record, um, that's really just going to cause so that's going to cause so many problems over over you know look at what Leeds are doing look at what West Brom to an extent uh, did over the past couple of games I don't think that there's anything in this team that makes me think that we can go on a 23 game run as we did last time just because of there's still a few flaws in this team um, and our lack of attacking threat minus Mitrovic being being uh, probably being one of them. Yeah, I completely agree, Boldo, and I know where you're coming from. I would like us to see more goals, but I think now our style for the rest of the season, or maybe for the rest of the time we have Scott Parker, is get the goal, maybe potentially a second, and then shut up shop. I don't think we're actually going to be as swashbuckly as we ever once were with, you know, Slavisa Jokanovic in 17-18. Now, let's have your Parker ratings, gentlemen, before we move on to the Millwall preview. Uh, Mr. Dom, what would you give Mr. Parker out of 10? Uh, I'm going to go with an 8. I don't think you can give lower than an eight for any away win in this league, to be honest. Um, the way he set us up we and the way we, we played, we were never likely to be losing that. I don't think there was ever in doubt that we were going to lose this game. It was whether we were going to manage to find a way through, which which we did in the end. Um, I'd like to see us, like, like we discussed earlier, I'd like to see us kind of go for the kill towards the end when the other team has to come at us a bit more. But an eight because you know he he couldn't have done a lot better really given the circumstances and it, it was a really good win. Uh, that makes me feel kind of guilty now because I'm going to give a seven um, because <laughs> it, just because it was it wasn't anything fancy it wasn't anything special it was just routine so as sort of the uh, norm I think the norm in newspaper whenever they give uh, player ratings for these things um, it's usually a standard. Um, uh, performance usually gets a six. This is probably just slightly higher than standard. Nothing really special. Like yeah, we got the win, so that earns him a bit of a point. Um, but at the same time, 
it wasn't exactly the greatest performance. So I can't really, I can't give, I can't give more than seven. So I'm afraid, uh, me and Mr. Dom are on very con- uh, contrasting sides of the argument there. So all right, you've gone, you've gone with the, you've gone with the standard win away from home at a place where they've lost what twice or twice before that this season, maybe. I, I Still, don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's routine. I don't think many teams will will win there, win one 0 there this season. So there we go. And for that reason, I'm going to give him a nine, just because I'm in a good mood, and I've, you know, the Leeds result was just beautiful to see uh, straight after the game. All right, guys. After this, we'll have hang a on, little. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, go on. You're, you're giving you're giving him a nine because Leeds lost later. Yeah, I, I'm Fair just enough. feeling. We'll it. It. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it made. It made yeah, <laughs> I just thought, well, why not? Yeah, I, I think I'd give him a nine for this, and I just not just because of the result and how grindy it was, and also just generally the Leeds. Um, occurrence afterwards. I just think generally his man management has been very good and bringing Kevin McDonald back into the team has been a spot of genius and I think honestly I don't know if Frenchy thinks we're going to win this league and I'm not too sure how you guys feel. We'll talk about that in a minute after this. Fulham all right, guys. So Millwall, Wednesday night, huge game, massive game. And you've got Leeds versus Brentford on the Tuesday. Or is it Brentford versus Leeds? Well, who cares? But the point being, this is a very big game. And they just lost against West Brom this evening. It's Sunday night. So hopefully they're in a good place for us to actually get an away win, another away win. Let's talk about the stats that Mr. Stato has sent to us. Mr. Matt Dunn, what can you tell us about Millwall in this game? They've They've become a, a very... Gary Rowett side for me um mm. and this this really concerns me because historically we've we've had poor results against Gary Rowett's teams um that being with you know is it's another difficult away game um I don't know I not no I'm not trying to be be negative about it or anything but he seems to have our number and he seems to have that kind of that similar difficult to break down thing that we struggle with against Charlton and Blackburn, but also a threat usually going forward from the air, from set pieces, that kind of thing. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're a strong, a strong side with, with a couple of ex Fulham players. And that's, that's, that's always, you know, I live in perennial fear of former Fulham players coming back to score against us. Um, I think, I think uh, Matt Smith has got what, something like, uh, let me have a look here. Seven goals, four assists this season. Um, four of those goals have been headers, which you might expect. I think, I think he's a big threat. Uh, I think that the fact we've got Michael Hector now makes me feel a lot more comfortable about that. Um, but him and I think Sean Hodgson's chipped in with uh, quite a few goals this season as well. He's got, uh, wow, he's got four. He's their fourth highest scorer. So that threat God. from set pieces is a concern to me and yeah they're, they're very much a side in Gary Rowett's mold 100% and you talk about you know Gary Rowett's record against Fulham you know the first time was uh you know in league 2 uh, in the 13-14 season uh, we played Burton Albion in, in in the um in the cup the league cup and it was 2-2 which is an annoying result then he was you know manager of Birmingham City in 14-15 and that was a one all draw at the cottage then 15-16 again with Birmingham he beat us 5-2 at the cottage and then the other the other game that season was one all. Then you know sixteen seventeen they beat us again at the cottage. You know Birmingham one nil. And sixteen seventeen Derby County beat us at Derby four two. Seventeen eighteen a draw. And you know we 
he's really got our number, like you say. And I just want to also ask to you, Mr. Reese, what we can expect from this game, statistics-wise, anything that pops out to you. Um, yeah, I just I really want to add on the uh, point that Matt Don brought in, and you know, with Matt Smith being so dominant in the um, in the air as we know he can be, obviously Michael Hector will help somewhat. And I think I you know we talked about it earlier. I really think this should be the ideal time to bring Terence Gargano in because I think he's six foot two, so he's he's going to add a little bit more of a uh, physical presence in there. So a Hector Congolo partnership should really. Should ideally be the um, uh, the partnership, especially specifically for this game, but then going forward as well. Um, adding to that, um, Jed Wallace is a player I think really, really highly of. Yeah, similar to your love affair for Jared Bowen, I think uh, Wallace is a player that we should be, uh, we should have been looking at at some stage, not just this season, but but in the past. And uh, he's their top scorer, nine goals, uh, ten goals rather, nine assists. And again, if you think of most of the players probably going to go through Matt Smith and he's probably going to be the one that's going to be providing it. So you, you got to think we've got to shut, uh, you know, shut the supply line down and that will probably be Jed Wallace. So I think he's going to be uh, the key man, uh, one of the key men to watch on Wednesday. Well, you talk about going through Matt Smith. You've got Tom Bradshaw, who's a striker that scored eight goals. And when he plays, it's normally alongside uh, Matt Smith in a you know classic little or large strike partnerships. <laughs> so, I mean, and for you, Mr. Tom, is there a certain player that you feel like we should be watching out for? Or is it just uh, Sean Hutchinson, do you think? You know, this, the curse of the Fulham defender returning to haunt us. Uh, no, it's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's Matt Smith, the return of the, the curse player for me, I think. Um, <laughs> we We've never... We haven't dealt well with with height, particularly earlier in the season. Uh, Hector should help there, but um, mm. he's bound to get a few chances on goal with his head. I think so. Um, let's. <laughs> it's a difficult one. I think. I think we'll we'll do well to keep them out. I know they're not they're not a particularly good side, but we're not a very good side defensively against set pieces generally. Um, mm. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, uh, Matt Smith will be the concern for me. It's going to be interesting. Let's look at the you know the stats versus Fulham in the last game. Uh, lots of possession, lots of passes, but we didn't actually create that much. Only three registered through balls all game. Uh, we had 19 crosses in total. That's actually pretty low considering we had a thousand passes. But uh, 44% of act- action only happened in the middle of the pitch. 47% of Millwall's attacks came down the right-hand side. So that's something for Joe Bryan to you know get a bit scared about. We need make sure how we have maybe K-Mac filling, K-Mac filling in that rock, in that little hole. And, um, you know, of course, we're concerned for Brian, like I just said, especially if their key man Wallace is also playing out on the right-hand side of midfield. And, you know, I think you're right, Reese. We could see Congolo in this game for sure. And just something I want to mention as well, something that Danny was adamant that we talk about and Frenchie on the group, the pitch looks like a pile of shit. And I was just thinking what you think of the pitch and what how you'd like to see us line up or what sort of players would work better for this sort of environment, Mr. Dom? Um, we don't really have any players who can, who can that do wear Wellington with, boots with, yeah. with the crack. Yeah. With, with the, with the ship hitch and who lumps it forward. Um, yeah. It, it's a trick one. I think, I think, I think Mitro is going to be key as he always is. Um, he might be having to deal with more, more, more headers in the air than he might usually, but um yeah, it's it's a bog, and that that could be difficult for our possession game. But at the same time, we we look a bit more effective with less of the ball recently. So I think 
just at, just at the right time we, we're sort of learning how to deal with attacking a bit more directly so hopefully that 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 can can shine through any players you'd like to see for this game uh, Mr. Reese, do you think that maybe Stefan Johansson would be perfectly suited for this sort of game at the Den, or maybe Abubakar Kamara instead of Bobby Reed in the sort of the muddy trench-like <laughs> environment that is the Den? Apparently, oh, Abubakar Kamara! Just the mention of his name fills me with joy. Um, I th- um, on a serious note, though, I think I mentioned uh, Terence Congolo earlier. I think he's probably going to be the main one to ask for Stefan Johansson as well um, to do his to do his usual uh, disruptiveness. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's what Matt, yeah, touch on what Matt Dom said. We don't really. There's no real speciality players that we have that you could really bank on in what we assume will be the same sort of conditions on a on a terrible pitch. So it doesn't exactly doesn't exactly make for uh, positive reading. But we should be able to come out uh, come out of this with a really, uh, decent enough results. One would hope. Um, I think we might see Anthony Knockart play. Um, he he likes to shoot. Um, bobbly pitches tend to be difficult for keepers from shots from distance so there, there might be a chance that he can kind of bobble one in front of the keeper and, and score a goal who knows um, but he's the sort of player I think we, we could do attacking wise we could do with him in this game um, just because you know he, he wants to score and he loves to shoot and I think that could be that could be key yeah, I think knockout would be very interesting to see in this game, and I'd like to see Abubakar Kamara in this sort of, sort of this sort of feisty environment that we're definitely going to endure because you know, it's Gary Rowett, also it's Millwall. They're very pissed off that we won four one the last time we met them, and they just generally really really hate us. But they hate everyone, so you know they really need to just you know just relax. To be honest, uh, so the last time we ever lost to Millwall overall. Uh, came the 2014-2015 season, and it's when we lost 1-0 at the Cottage. So, Mr. Reese, can I have your score prediction for this one, please? Um, You may. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 full of victory, again, just because I, I still don't see enough of an attacking threat from us that makes me think we're going to be able to steamroll them in the same way that we did um, previously and with Gary Rowett, much more organised uh, side so yeah I, I can see it being a bit of a bit of a scrape as well so 2-1 all right 2-1 and for you Mr Dom I was going to say the same but um, I'm going to go with 3-1 I think um, there are concerns but I think um, our kind of rising form is is timed nicely with their dip in form uh, and I think we're just a better team so hopefully that that will that will shine through in the end Mm, okay, so we got two one three one. So we all, I'm going to say two one. So we all seem to think there's going to be a goal that's going to be conceded. And actually, there's something we forgot to mention that there is a possibility that Terence Congolo is injured. I think he had a bit of a niggle towards the end of the game. But obviously, our you know, our football club is completely tight lipped on any type of injury that occurs. So maybe he's fine. We'll see. But yeah, huge, huge game. I'll be. Really, really getting absolutely smashed if we win this one. I mean, like more than I was the other night. But what I will say is, really quickly, is Dom, do you think we can actually win this league? We talked about automatics. Do you think we can actually win this league and overtake West Brom at any point? Final question to you, sir. Yeah, I think so. I think anyone in the top five is it at the moment potentially could go. It's just never. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I just can't remember a time it's been this tight in the championship. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Have you, Mr. Reese? Um, arguably 
our season when we went up the um, the fight that we had. You know, I think Wolves eventually ran away with it, but we pushed them uh, to quite a large stages, and then uh, Cardiff, Cardiff, and us uh, fighting for the final spot. Um, no, pers- I don't. I personally don't think so. I think Leeds are going to sort themselves. I think Leeds are going to sort themselves out eventually, and they're going to make this thing a lot harder. And West Brom have done an incredible job to get to the stage they're at. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I say, so yeah, I I can't see us winning this league purely based off the um, again going back to the inconsistencies that I talked about um, earlier. I I don't I don't I don't think there's enough in this team to be able to outlast, barring this some some somehow leads his collapse lasting until the end of the season, which, as I've said, I don't see it doing. So call me a pessimist, call me a realist. I don't know. Whatever it is, I don't think it. I don't think it will be. I just think you're keeping your cards firmly close to your chest like I would be too, mate. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a realist as well, and I just I, I don't want to get too overly optimistic because it's, I don't know, it's just not the Fulham way, maybe. But anyway, thank you very much to my lovely co-host. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please spread the good word about us. We're on Twitter, we're on Spotify, we're on Instagram, we're on iTunes, we're on absolutely everything. So please tell all your friends about us, and we will be back. We'll be back with a quick reaction after the Millwall game with Frenchie at the helm. See you then.